0: It's discount shopping as you've never seen it before. Lidl has four and a half thousand stores across Europe and the seven new ones opened in Ireland this morning will operate on the same successful format. No frills, cheap and convenient.
1: It's the year 2000 and Lidl has just opened in the Republic of Ireland just one year after we first opened in Cookstown, Northern Ireland.
0: We'll be selling everything from uh, tin vegetables, tinned fruit right through to fresh fruit. Um, you've got your fresh meat as well. Everything will be packaged, there's no food handling as such. Um, we've got a range for everybody.
1: It was a whole new concept for the country. A retailer with a pretty basic store layout, a no-frills approach to the shopping experience, but offering high-quality products at a far lower price than people in Ireland were used to paying. The face of shopping in Ireland was about to change forever. Hi, I'm Neve Lee, IT Business Consultant. And I'm Stephen McCausland, Deputy Store Manager, Lidl Clunny. And this is Lidl Chats, a podcast series where we get to know Ireland's best love supermarket a little bit better by meeting the people behind the business, our colleagues who come to work every day and make Lidl what it is.
0: This is episode three, and thanks for all your messages so far, and make sure to press the follow button on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to our Lidl Chats.
1: In this episode, we go right back to the start of Lidl's arrival in Ireland and the rapid evolution of the company ever since. I'll be speaking to Lidl lifer Darren Devine, Sales Operations Director.
0: When Lidl first came, people were so brand conscious. Maybe people hadn't travelled as much either now we're I suppose, a lot more dynamic a lot more cultured and stuff like that people know Lidl across the world they know when they go into a Lidl they can find the same product but it's really really good quality it took a long time for Irish people to get their heads around that
1: and we'll meet some of our loyal customers who have been shopping with us since the very start and hearing about how they feel Lidl has changed over the years
0: I think the perception at the beginning of Lidl was kind of like quite cheap and I think because of that people thought the quality wasn't so good and then I think over time it's kind of built up its reputation. Everybody loves shopping in Lidl now.
1: Darren has been with Lidl since the very beginning. He knows the company inside out. He talks about those early days, how he rose through the ranks, how Lidl has changed since he joined and what characteristics and qualities a person needs to thrive in a fast-paced retail environment. Darren started by taking me right back to the start when he first joined the company.
0: I think it was back in 2000, I was actually working in Tesco as a bakery manager, I was 19 and um, there was a lot actually going on in Tesco at the moment With Lidl was coming to town and they had a strategy plan of what they were going to do, lowering prices etc like that so um, funny enough I was actually out for uh, a few points with a few of my friends and uh, then I met a former manager um, that used to be in Tesco's that had joined Lidl. So he was there with his um, what he called the silver bullet. It was a, a great Passat Given He was um, a sales operations manager um, at the time. They called them, they used to call them district managers. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he was telling me all about Lidl, etc., like that, that they were coming to Banlas Lowe and, um, you know, it would be a great opportunity for me. Uh, and he said, look, potentially, you know, I could get you uh, an assistant manager role um, with Lidl, what we call the deputy store manager role. And would I be interested. So I was going like nineteen. He was selling this to me. I think it was something like eighteen, nineteen thousand pounds at the time. So he was going, Wow, it's like this is this is a go, yeah, I have to go for this. Um but he said he had to talk to his boss and stuff like that. So funny enough his boss was with him. He came in about an hour later into the pub, <laughs> got chatting to him lucky enough, and uh, he said to come down for an interview um at nine o'clock the following morning. So about five six hours after that then i met him in the nightclub funny enough around half two three o'clock in the morning and i was like oh no here we go um and he goes you're some brave man um interviewing the morning and stuff like that so it, it, it worked out I, I eventually got in there at, at nine with a bit of a sore head funny enough but uh um he interviewed me it was a about 10 15 minute interview and then it was like he goes okay i want to see what you're made of brought me onto the shop floor left me there for about four hours hanging Oh so he did he he tipped off had the breakfast etc like that <laughs> came back brought me into the office and um, yeah he goes look what we see is good uh, and offered me a position of deputy store manager so that's how it all started
1: and what was the differences from Tesco because obviously you just got thrown straight away in that four hours was there a huge difference between what you'd prove Stevie and Houston?
0: It was very different um if you go back to the 2000s it was very you know um from an irish point of view they wanted their bachelors they wanted their hinds it was very brand conscious back then Um, the german discount retailer coming into ireland no one knew of it really or what was coming in and everyone thought right this is from god knows where and we're we're not going to buy into it and stuff like that so i'm walking around the shop and i'm going to go on all these brands i haven't seen before etc like that so i didn't know much of it Mm. and at the time Caberta, as i said tesco was people are brand conscious in ireland at that stage
1: maybe you could speak a bit about the differences that the stores have gone through in those 20 years how they'd looked different maybe back then
0: Back, i suppose um back in in the day 2000 what we call uh 997 size stores um they were all that side i think we opened seven stores on the first day and they were all 997s that was the size was nine, mm-hmm. 997 square meters etc like that now what we're building is 1700 um square mm-hmm. stores. so you you know you're talking double the size so Going back in in that time we had metal cages we used to pack bread in and crisps in and stuff like that there was pro- a lot more pallet lines um, across the shop floor i think i remember fruit and veg would be down the end of aisle 1 where we have it as the first thing you, you get coming in the door now non food was a lot heavier um, back in those days as well uh, and i suppose from what the, the change over the years i think they're a lot brighter um now they're a lot bigger a lot more area I think they're more focused towards the customer now more so uh, than anything
1: maybe you could speak a bit about your history then all the different roles that you you have done through the years
0: back in 2000 I started as a a deputy store manager um I was deputy store manager for about actually only six months uh, and we opened a store in Galway in Hertford Road and opened that um and within i think about a month or two i got offered store manager position of it so i was 19 store manager um i was going well, living in galway it was the, the bee's knees really um at the time um, stayed a store manager for seven years where i managed numerous stores some of the busiest stores in europe at the time in terms of limerick um blanchardstown um Port Leash then is probably where I really made a name for myself and where I really wanted to push on to be a sales operation manager. Um, so I was knocking on the door for a couple of years, um, but I had to do my stint, I suppose, and I was given an opportunity then to come out and help open a couple of stores in Dublin. Um, there were Pottery Road, Rathfarnham and Greystones. So my, my role entailed in to had a store manager for each of those stores, but to help them develop them. Um, over a two or three month period because the stores were coming thick and fast so I would go and be their guide I suppose and just support them. Once that was done um, I got the opportunity then to become a sales operations manager which um, I did for three years, just over three years. Loved it, trained a lot of trainee sales operations managers that came in the door and then got the opportunity um, to become sales operations director. (laughs)
1: We'll hear more from Darren shortly, but first, it's time to hear from the most important voices of all, our loyal customers. Since opening in Ireland, our in-store and customer experience have really evolved. We in the company know this, but what do our customers think? We wanted to find out, so we headed out to some of our stores around the country to chat to shoppers. Do you remember when Lidl came to Ireland in the early noughties? Has your perception of Lidl changed at all throughout the years, and if so,
0: how? A 100%. I think when it came first, um, myself personally used to probably look down on it. I think it was, a, you know, I suppose a lower quality of a shop. But I think now it's as, it's as big and as uh, as busy as Dunn's, Tesco, Supervalue. And I do find that I actually prefer shopping in little over the other kind of brands.
1: Yeah, I've just got used to coming here and they seem to have everything. At the beginning they didn't, you know, but now they have everything that I could get anywhere else, you know. Oh, yeah, it's got better. We used to go down to Mullingar, I think, was the first Lidl in Ireland that I can remember now going back. We used to drive down from Navan to go to Lidl's, but yeah, it's getting better, much better. Uh, I think there's more variety in products, more seasonal products as well, so I think there's a good mix of uh, products.
0: I think the perception at the beginning of Lidl was kind of like quite cheap and I think because of that people thought the quality wasn't so good and then I think over time it's kind of built up its reputation, everybody loves shopping in Lidl now.
1: Has your perception of Lidl changed or is it still the same yeah, no, a million percent. When when they first came, no one wanted to say they were shopping here, now it's just the place is jammed. Yeah, 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 absolutely, huge difference, yeah.
0: I'm Italian and I know Lidl since a lot of years (laughs) also, yeah, I I can find a lot of Italian things, so what I prefer, yeah, from from Italy and so I'm happy
1: so that's what our customers think about how Lidl has changed over the years i also chatted to Darren about the same topic he had some really interesting things to say about it from a consumer perspective and about how Lidl's employee experience has changed over that same period of time
0: when Lidl first came people were so brand conscious and maybe people uh, i suppose in that area maybe hadn't traveled as much either so, you know, now we're, I suppose, we're a lot more dynamic, a lot more cultured and stuff like that. People know Lidl across the world um, at the moment and they know when they go into a Lidl that I suppose they can find the same product, but it's really, really good quality. Um, and I think that it took a long time for Irish people to get their heads around that. You know, and I think meat and poultry is a big one going. It's not Irish, et cetera, like that, where I think the guys from purchasing have done a fantastic job to really, really push the brand. Um, that we have and you know that it is uh, Irish. I think the first 10 years that Lidl were in, in Ireland, there was a lot of brand building um, at that stage and putting the name out. And I think the last 10 years have really been evolving so much more. I think it was 2012, 2013 is when I believe Ireland really, really kicked on mm-hmm. um, in the country. And the way we've evolved over, I suppose, the last 20 years, going back to the early days um, as a store manager, um, there was no such thing as back office back then. Everything was manual from an automation point of view over the years. Um, we used to do, I suppose this would be relevant, relevant for our stores, out there price changes, they were all manually done. Where um, right now it's automated. Rosters were manually done. When I was a store manager, you had to handwrite all the, the rosters for you know two, three weeks. Um, actually, the timesheets, we actually had to do on a monthly basis as well. So how everyone got paid and how many hours to work. Being a store manager, you had to fill that out. Um, and well and that would be that was tedious because it might take you three or four hours just to fill it out and it's any little mistakes at all you had to rewrite it Um, ordering back in the day was done manually you'd have to write it all out and then maybe phone it in as well even though we had a mandate and that would be for the fresh areas so I suppose how we've evolved over the years you know from an automation point of view has been massive
1: you touched a bit there on ordering and how it's changed yeah could you maybe talk a little deeper into that about the supply chain back in two thousand? Like, was it supply so, chain
0: what? back in two thousand? There, there <laughs> wasn't really a supply chain uh, back in two thousand. Um, I think there was a few people maybe working and I said orders back then. But again, the, from a store point of view, there wasn't that many stores either. Uh, and what we'd have to do is we'd have to fill out uh, on sales and orders forms uh, what you wanted from a fruit and veg point of view meat and poultry and then you would ring that in um, and let them know what you want and then that would go to the rdc but for the first when we came to ireland first i think it was for the first six to nine months there was actually no rdc in in ireland we actually had to take everything from scotland so the deliveries would come from scotland um, over and remember like for wine for instance we could only order wine once a week so you'd get a couple of pallets of wine and that would do it uh, and the rest would be stacked up in the warehouse. And I recall a manager uh, asked me one time when I was doing the orders go, you have to fill the truck. It's coming from Scotland to make sure you fill the shop. So, filled the truck, 33 pallets of ambient. Uh, I'm off, half seven in the morning. I'm getting a phone call from the store manager to go, What are you after doing? He goes, There's 33 pallets of ambient here and there's no one to work it. So, yeah, get the uniform on, in, and packing pallets for the day um just to get it out of the warehouse etc like that but there were those those challenges and then uh, newbridge opened and stuff like that which alleviated a lot of the pressures i suppose that were on uh, on scotland etc and it was a lot lot easier from from then but yeah supply chain from then to now it's so more sophisticated now there's a team of people they all have their own areas from fresh from uh food team etc like that, that that they look after mm. so yeah big changes Mad.
1: so before we met with Darren we asked you to submit some burning questions for him here's how it went so I have a question here from Adele in Nuts Corner and she says that she worked in her last job for 21 years and experienced a lot of changes during those two decades Darren what would you say has been the single biggest change from Lidl 2002 to Lidl 2020
0: the single biggest change apart from i suppose the store size uh, i think it's our commitment to our people um over the last 20 years um is probably one of the biggest changes i've seen and stuff like that and the development of that uh, as well back then in terms of opportunities for people i think it was really if they really worked hard or worked long hours etc like that and put their name out there where now we've got things like the leadership program we've got um feature minds, mind uh, you've got your, the grad program and stuff like that and there's a lot more opportunities for people now but there's a lot more in terms of the people side of it the development side of it and the opportunities there for them than it was 20 years ago
1: what drives you to stay in Lidl after 20 plus years
0: 20 plus years with Lidl the thing that drives me about Lidl and probably the the part that I enjoyed most is the people development side of it um, Given the opportunities to customer assistance to um, duty managers out there to become a deputy store manager for deputy store managers to become store managers and even store managers becoming um, or sales operations managers and stuff like that And I think that opportunity that Lidl gives to people um, it's like nowhere else uh, it's the one thing that I thoroughly enjoy.
1: If you didn't end up working for Lidl where do you think you would have ended up?
0: Jesus that's <laughs> a good one I've actually never thought of that um you started so been. young so i started so, so young and that, and that was the thing i suppose um i was in retail since i was 16 and then the opportunity coming at 19 to go to us um into retail i've never thought about being anywhere else apart from retail i've just really looked at myself and what i can do to develop myself and where how far i can get i suppose with Lidl, and luckily um Lidl have given me that opportunity over the last 20 years
1: right so i have a question here so i'm just going to play it
0: Hi Darren, this question is for you and it's from Ian Monaghan, Talent Acquisitions Director. And I just wanted to ask Darren, what is the greatest challenge he has faced in his 20 plus years of working with Lidl? And he can't say I was manager me, thanks. <laughs> You're lucky, Ian, that you said that. Um, greatest challenge. I don't think there's one greatest challenge um, in Lidl. I think the greatest challenge that we that we have is... It, 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 it's people. Because people are going through different stages of their lives and stuff like that. And they're not always on the same, I suppose, path that you're on. And the mightn't be the most important thing. Imagery mightn't be the most important thing to them when it might be the most important area for a store manager uh, etc like that so i think the biggest challenge that you have out there is people and managing expectations um in and around that it's also the most enjoyable part of it um, at the same time uh, when you see people progress within the company so i think it's finding that balance in terms of uh, the people in terms as i said their expectations etc like that so that'd be probably the biggest one
1: could you maybe tell us about a time that you failed at something and what you learned from it
0: there's a lot but Jesus what would you go with it um, <laughs> okay so something that we fail, failed at and stuff like that it's probably not hitting targets uh, at times um, whether it's an inventory target or a productivity target um, it upsets me so it does and while it's a target and you know you, you, your aim is to achieve that target all the times you, you don't usually get it Um, not usually get it sometimes you don't get it and that's the biggest frustration for me and the way I would look at that that gets to me Um, and that's where I guess I suppose that hunger that you go right what have I to do different now to achieve that target for this year Um, etc so yeah that's probably one of the biggest ones
1: Okay I'm going to switch over to a bit about you Darren how do you switch off in the evening?
0: Uh, How do I switch off? I've got two kids Emily who's six and Rory who's three so I think uh, when daddy gets through the door It is right It's a bit of mammy free time Mammy will go for a walk um, So yeah It's a couple of hours with the kids Get them ready for bed etc Get the dinner into them um, And I suppose then maybe when they're to bed etc like that Hopefully might get to go for a run If I try and do that maybe once or twice a week um, But yeah it's Monday to Friday I suppose it's work And then yeah mm. Mind the kids etc so
1: Do you switch off? Do you? I do off? I do okay. I
0: think you need to um, and I think that's part of the reason why I'm maybe 21, 20, 21, years with Lidl is I'm able, I suppose, to detach myself from it. Um, in the early years when I got the job and stuff like that, it was extremely, extremely hard. Um, you'd be going home, you'd be on the phone all evening um, and night like to be checking on things, emails. And while I still, still do it from time to time, I accept it probably a little bit more now that I do a little bit. But no, I don't, I suppose engage myself too much with all the emails when i get home because it's it's important family life and the work life and you Mm -hmm. you need to have that balance as well do
1: you have any policies in place at home do you like lock the phone in the cover no (laughs) not at all um
0: and uh, to be fair to to my wife linda she like if i tell her i have to do a little bit and stuff like that it's never an issue said there might be a few things at the weekends just checking up and stuff like that but no it's not an issue but again i think you you have to find the balance yourself um as well first because it can you can get totally absorbed into it um, and it's not it's not healthy for the head it's not healthy for the mind either
1: what advice would you give to somebody that is maybe just starting or is looking for a career change within Lidl what advice would you give them to to move up
0: the advice I gave is don't be shy and ask knock on the door and uh, talk to your store manager firstly talk to your sales operations manager if you get the opportunity as well uh, and let them know if you're interested uh, and what and, and ask I suppose the questions: what do they need to do Um, within legal to get to that next step i think a lot of people maybe um, don't ask the questions feel nervous about it don't feel that they're able to do it and stuff um, where i think you've got to back yourself again ask the questions, see what's needed to be done uh, that they need to do uh, and go for it ask and you know there's a lot of development plans that we have out there As I said, we've got Feed Your Mind. And that's another opportunity that you could do. We've got the Leadership Academy, you know, that a lot of these people can get onto and see if they're ready for that deputy store manager stage or store manager stage. Mm -hmm. So ask the questions, sit down with your store manager uh, or your SOM uh, and go from there, but don't be afraid.
1: Something a little different. What is your favorite Lidl product? (laughs) Maybe past and present. It doesn't
0: have to be. Um, (laughs) Favorite Lidl product would be i like i like her deluxe range in, in in the steaks um so the ribeyes the fillet steaks and we have a little sachet of um peppercorn sauce beside and stuff mm, like that yeah, so i really like that one of the more newer products that we have as well is the dublin meat company there's a mm. chicken curry um that they have yeah and uh, i'm really into that at the so moment so when you're as on
1: well. the go you grab one of them do you
0: he <laughs> sometimes uh, on the go or i'll have to, a few of them in the fridge at home and stuff like that so when i get yeah. home uh, just put it on it's actually handy
1: so Darren we've spoken a lot about the past with Lidl where do you think the future of Lidl is going to be and where do you think it's going to be in 21 years?
0: 21 years well I'll hopefully be retired in France that's the, <laughs> the long-term goal eventually anyway where Lidl be in 21 years I think where we've come in the last 21 years and you know we're looking at a market share of you know around the 13 percent mark and stuff like that if we can keep evolving and developing the way we are um, over the next number of years you know Who's to say, um, you know, we can't be hitting up towards 20% market share. Um, The way we're developing, we're evolving as a business. Um, I think more and more people are bought into the brand um, that is Lidl. So I would hope, yeah, the stores that are there, I think we're future-proofing with um, Newbridge Warehouse. Mullingar is getting a big extension now as well. We have more stores coming online, so yeah, who knows? When I came here first, we thought it would be more on the cheaper end of some of the stuff and we probably took a little while before we moved from going to the likes of Tesco and Dunn's and Super Value um, to Lidl and Aldi, but now we go here pretty much the whole time. Well, I prefer Lidl to Aldi or Super Value. Um, I really think that this is the best store in me. Um, Quality is good. Yeah. And the prices it's are good. very good as well.
1: And do you remember when Little first opened in Ireland in the early noughties? Has your perception of Little changed yeah. over the years?
0: It was sorta of like uh, the cheaper stores. Now it's, now it's come up on par with Tesco and Duns and only for Little in this market now we'll be paying huge more prices. They actually broke the trend, you know what I mean?
1: So there you have it. Two decades of Lidl in Ireland.
0: It was interesting to hear about Darren's organic growth through the company and to hear about the development opportunities and programmes at our Lidl fingertips.
1: Nice one, Steve. That's all for episode three of Lidl Chats. Steve, on the next episode, you're going to learn more about the magic of the Middle Isle.
0: I'll be meeting Jason Gunning, Senior Non-Food Planner at Lidl, and he'll be telling us about the huge trade shows where all of our products are bought. And we'll hear from customers about their weird and wonderful Middle Isle purchases.
1: Hope you can join us then. Episode 3 is now closing. Thank you for listening.